Welcome to Business Lens, broadcast on WKXL and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Matt Robeson, and I'm joined, as always, by Chris Hill, the host of Motley Fool Money, the number one stock investing radio program in America. You can hear Motley Fool Money on WKXL. You can hear it on radio stations across the country. You can hear it on podcast, and it's an excellent podcast. And amazingly, you can hear Chris Hill with me here on this show, which is a real privilege for me. Chris, welcome back. Always great being here, Matt. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's always great to have you. We always have a fascinating discussion. And I have a topic that is really, it's, it's sort of bending my brain. And I've spent 20 years in politics in one form or another. And it's still, I don't know, I, it's still kind of taking me by surprise because it, it has to do with people's political perceptions, their, psych, their psychology, but it also bleeds over into your expertise, their, their sort of business and, and economic views and expectations. So here's the situation. In October, employers added 531,000 jobs, very strong job addition month. The unemployment rate dropped from 4.8% to 4.6%. Now look, when I was an economics student, I learned that anything under 5% is really good. In fact, you don't want to get too much under 5% because you want in a dynamic economy for people to be unemployed a little bit. It means that they're out looking for jobs. In fact, we set a record last month for the most Americans ever choosing to leave their jobs, which goes to show people think that there are great job prospects out there. Consumer confidence rose in October. Wages were up almost 5% year over year. And yet, and yet, and yet, and yet, no matter how great the economic statistics are, no matter how flush with cash Americans are, and by the way, Americans have accumulated $2.3 trillion more in savings in the last 19 months. The fact of the matter is, Americans are overall downbeat about the economy. They're telling pollsters so. Most people have a negative impression of the economy, and they have an impression that inflation is spiraling out of control. Chris Hill, what do you make of all of this? What is the economic and business impact of this very odd situation where, by most economic measures, the economy is doing well, and yet people don't feel it? They don't feel like it's doing well. Let me hit the inflation part first, because that is real. That, that was our lead story on the most recent episode of Motley Fool Money, um, highest spike in inflation in 30 years. So uh, in terms of a headline, in terms of uh, actual news, actual data, the inflation part is real. Now, there are plenty of people who think inflation is here to stay. There is, however, an increasing amount of data uh, um, and what we're hearing from different companies that indicates that the inflation is really going to wane over the next six months. It, it is truly going to be transitory, um, a word that has always existed, um, but really has been used a lot in investing circles over the last, call it six months or so. So uh, let's, now that we've talked about inflation, let's, let's get to the other stuff. Um, I think that unfortunately, the consumer confidence survey, um, which has been relied on for decades, um, is starting to become politicized, which is unfortunate. Because um, when you look at what people are saying, they are saying, I'm not optimistic about how things are. 
for me as a consumer here in America. A lot of people are saying that. When you look at what people are doing, they're doing the opposite. People are spending money. U.S. retail sales just hit a new all-time high. So people are saying they're not confident, but they are also spending more money than ever before. Um, I, I think that what we're starting to hear from major retailers like Walmart uh, about how they are set up for the holiday season, both in terms of their supply chain uh, and their optimism, uh, I, I think it's quite possible that a consumer confidence survey in a couple of months is going to look differently. I hope it would. I hope people are able to sort of divorce how they feel politically uh, with how they are feeling about their own pocketbook. Um, but uh, again, there is a real disconnect between what people are saying and what they're actually doing. People are not acting like they're unconfident about the economy. People are acting very confidently with the way that they are spending. From a stock investing perspective, from the perspective of what you do and think about, write about, talk about on Motley Fool Money every day, how do you read a situation like this? Now, all, all caveats understood. Longtime listeners to you on Motley Fool Money or to us here together on this show know that you advise, Motley Fool advises a long time horizon, a long-term perspective. So we don't want to get too caught up in the ups and downs of inflation, the economy today, people's perceptions today. And yet you can't help trying to read a little bit into a situation like this where people's perceptions can shape reality. I mean, we see this in the market all the time. We see market runs, we see sudden market panics. How do you, when you have the numbers telling you two different stories or you have what people say and what people do telling you two different stories, what, how do you read that and how are American businesses reading that? I think you have to go with the hard data over the personal feelings. It's not to discount how people feel, but, you know, and, and we'll get into this later in the show, just in terms of some of the results that we're starting to see from uh, different businesses. But, you know, people can feel however they want. Um, but when they decide to spend money, you know, I think, I think businesses would take this situation, which is people are feeling kind of negatively, but they sure are spending positively. I think businesses would prefer that to the reverse because go back 18 months where the personal savings rate in America skyrocketed because we were in the early days of a global pandemic. The country was essentially in lockdown. People weren't spending money. They weren't going anywhere. And so therefore their savings rate was skyrocketing. So if you polled people back in April, how are you feeling about the amount of money that you're saving? They would feel really good because they were saving a lot of money. That would not help the businesses that were crumbling because people weren't going out shopping. They weren't going out to restaurants. They weren't going out to movies. Right. And indeed, what we see, according to the J.P. Morgan Chase Institute, is that the median household's checking account balance was 50% higher in July of this year than in 2019. So we have this, this really weird situation where if you look at what people, as you say, are doing, they have more money, they are spending it, and they're leaving their jobs, which suggests 
you know, who was the treasury secretary who got into so much trouble back in 2008 when he said the fundamentals of the economy are strong? And I mean, you invoked politics a moment ago. This is obviously, you know, what I like to talk about all the time, but that created a lot of political waves because it was like, oh my gosh, are you like, are you on crack? Are you, do you, do you not see the evidence of your eyes? The fundamentals of the economy aren't strong, but it does seem like, as you say, that if you're a business, you're not unhappy with the situation. Consumers have a lot of money to consume with, and they're, they're kind of voting with their feet. They're saying, yeah, I think I'm going to get a good job if I leave my job today. So it's, you know, it's, it's sort of this awfully tricky position where, and yet, and yet, and yet, they have this expectation that something bad is going to happen. Now, is it a possibility that as much as we talk about, and maybe it's become a little trite, gosh, the pandemic has changed so much in our economy. It's changed so much in, in what we do day to day. Is it possible that we've just been conditioned and that's going to affect the business and economic climate for the next year or so. We've been so conditioned by the conditions of the pandemic that we kind of expect something bad to happen. It's sort of like the Red Sox before 2004. It's like, we're cursed. Something bad is going to happen here. I know I know things are looking good, but oh man, the price of hamburger meat is up. So the disaster is looming. Like, is, is that a factor here? I think it is. And, and certainly, look, there are um, a, a lot of things about the economy, about the overall business environment that are very positive and trending even more positively. There are still a lot of people out of work. There are still people who are hurting in one way or the other. And all it takes is for someone to either have that experience in their own home with someone in their family or a close friend um, that, that has a real effect on people. So again, I, I don't want to dismiss uh, the consumer confidence survey, you know, just with a, with a broad stroke and say, well, it doesn't matter. Um, how people feel matters. But again, when you look at what people are doing with uh, their money, um, some people are quitting their jobs because they're, they're doing better. They feel more financially secure. Some people are quitting their jobs because they just don't want to take it anymore. And that's how the pandemic has changed them. Um, so, you know, those feelings are very real and they're very valid. Um, but again, uh, and we'll get to some of this uh, more in a little bit here. Uh, people are spending money. <laughs> and so um, they're, they're not acting um, like the sky is falling. They're acting like, no, things are good. And um, I'm going to spend money. Well, let's talk about that for a second. Now that you've kind of teased it, the classic radio tease from an experienced radio host <laughs> like Chris Hill. I mean, we're about to enter the period of the year that retailers rely on the Christmas. Uh, let's let's be a little more broad about this. The holiday end of year shopping season. So how is that looking? I mean, usually you start to see upticks and, and trends start to form anytime after Halloween. And so we're in that period now. What are the early signs saying? Uh, the early signs are very positive for the holiday season. And, and this is the most important part of the year for retailers. And 
we've gotten two pretty great uh, and positive data points this week. One is uh, Walmart's latest earnings report, um, which of course an earnings report is looking back at the past 90 days, but part of every company's earnings report is them giving some amount of guidance towards what the next three to 12 months is going to look like. And in this case, Walmart, Walmart, the biggest retailer in America, was saying they're expecting a very good holiday season. They are very optimistic. Uh, their shelves are stocked. Their supply chains are in very good shape. Uh, they're very optimistic about the holiday season. We also got a report from MasterCard. Uh, MasterCard uh, puts out a, a report uh, from time to time, which is really just sort of their they call it spending pulse. It's sort of MasterCard's way of tracking spending, making some predictions about what they think is coming. And in this, in this case, it was about next week. It was about Thanksgiving week and MasterCard, um, let's just put it this way. All the lights are green when it comes to spending. Uh, when you look at MasterCard's data, they're expecting um, increases across the board, both in-store and e-commerce and an increase in e-commerce spending, even if it is just single di digits, even if it's just, well, we think uh, it's gonna be up maybe 8% over last year. Keep in mind, last year was enormous. Last year was an anomaly for e-commerce sales. So any increase, no matter how small, that is predicted for online sales is massive when you compare it to 2019. Um, the other interesting thing, and this, and this sort of ties into something that uh, we heard today from Home Depot, um, MasterCard is looking for uh, a couple of key categories to drive this increased spending on Thanksgiving week. One is luxury goods. Um, that does not include jewelry, although I think of jewelry as a luxury. But yeah, um, I don't. <laughs> I don't use it as a supply, like a staple in my household. Right. It's not like did you get bread, milk, and jewelry today? Yeah. So luxury goods, um, xing out uh, jewelry uh, and apparel. They think these are going to be big categories next week. Um, but the luxury goods that actually goes to something that we heard from Home Depot. Um, Home Depot's stock is hitting an all time high. Their latest quarterly report was fantastic. Um, and what really drove um, their revenue this last quarter um, was not more people in the store. It was not more customers. That was actually down a little bit. What drove Home Depot's results was people spending more money. It was it was what is referred to in retail as the average ticket, which is simply what is the you know, we, we take all our customers for this quarter and we take how much money they spent collectively and then we divide it by the number of customers. And that's sort of the average ticket. The average person bought, you know, this much worth of stuff. And that was up dramatically for Home Depot. So, again, Matt, it ties into what we were talking about earlier. People are spending more money. Um, uh, and in the case of the MasterCard report, um, they're expecting that to continue Thanksgiving week and presumably for the entire month of December. How do you look at that and how do business analysts look at this part of the equation when it comes to the overall economy and the overall investing environment? Because the economy has shifted over time. We're much more service sector 
dominated. And so many, as this has been in the news a lot recently, so many of our supply chains extend not domestically, but into Asia. And so when you see retail sales growth, there's a question of, well, where do those dollars end up? How much uh, velocity and circulation are they getting in the US economy? And what is the ult- ultimate impact of that? Now, the second quarter of this year was very, very strong for US economic growth, above 6% annualized GDP growth. And that dipped in the third quarter to around 2%. It was a little lower than most economists' expectations, not drastically lower, just a little lower. The expectation was that the fourth quarter would pick up. So as you think about the overall stock market, the overall stock index, and of course, just the broader economy, what do you make of these kinds of retail sales figures? How important are they for driving the overall economic picture? Uh, they're incredibly important because it, you know it's 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 really what drives our economy. Um, but as you and I have talked about in the past, um, this is not to say that you know th- this bodes good things for every business out there. Um, it is worth pointing out that both Home Depot and Walmart are four hundred billion dollar companies. These are enormous companies, and so. Part of the reason they were able to post the results that they did, and part of the reason they are both set up nicely for the holidays, is they were able to essentially lease their own supply chains. They've got the the wherewithal and the resources to go out and make sure that they were not dealing with the same level of container ship problems that a lot of other retailers have to depend on. Um, so that is the, that is the benefit uh, or one of the benefits of, of being that big a company. They were able to do that. Um, but, you know, it, 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 we've been talking a lot about luxury. It's worth pointing out, you know, Walmart, um, Walmart's business is based on providing good value for people. Um, shares of Walmart actually dropped a little bit in the wake of this great earnings report because um, while their costs are rising as a result of the inflation that we've talked about, um, Walmart absorbed some of those costs. They just said, look, we're not going to jack up prices for our customers to the degree that some Wall Street analysts might want because the most important relationship we have with our customers is that trust that Walmart is always going to be a place where people can find good value. Um, so, you know, the CEO, Doug McMillan, is a very smart leader at that company, and um, he, is, he knows it's, it's much better to take a short-term hit from Wall Street um, if it means preserving that long-term trust with customers. And just very quickly, what I hear you saying in part is that given the supply chain problems that we've been talking about for months now, it may be that there are some winners and losers in the months ahead. And one of the key factors in determining if you're a winner is how well do you control your supply chain? Absolutely. How well do you control your supply chain? And this to me is why um, quarterly conference calls are so important. So you can hear from the leaders at the company and gauge for yourself, okay, do I trust what they're saying about their own ability to control their supply chain? And how optimistic or pessimistic are they about the next six months? And the companies that are perhaps a little bit smaller and more subject to the vagaries of, hey, you know, we we can't get that shipment in from China 
for a few weeks and uh, we're, we're kind of stuck, they may be in a tougher situation in the weeks ahead. Chris Hill, Motley Fool Money, the number one stock investing radio show in America. Thanks so much.